This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. Hi, this is Chris Saxman, host of the Virginia in Politics podcast. That's VIP. It's brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I am the executive director. I served in Virginia House of Delegates for eight years and now in this role of trying to engage the business and political communities, uh, VCTA reached out to me to further go into the issues, the personalities, the candidates that are a part of Virginia politics. We do this every year in Virginia. We have an election of consequence. We are, by definition, election or Disneyland. It's, it's just who we are. We're the crucible of democracy. And this week, I want to bring you up to date on some of the issues that are, that are working its way around the General Assembly building. Things are getting fired up as they, as they are. It's a short session, 45 days, not 60. This is a short session on election. And the, the overlay for this session is the, are the 140 legislative races between the House and the Senate this year, among the House and the Senate. The difference, though, this year is that these districts are brand new for all the legislators, the incumbents, and candidates, and they're largely permanent, okay? Very important to understand what's at stake here. As a result of these new districts, you have a number of incumbents running against their fellow uh, caucus mates within their own party. It creates an extraordinarily intense dynamic during this session. So these issues that you normally would have thought aren't really partisan can become granularly partisan as people are trying to win their primary fights, which I believe early voting starts May 13th. And we're not that far away. We're probably, was that, three months away? Okay, so you have to understand that the overlay to all of that is going to be very intense for both Republicans and Democrats. They're going to have challenges from within their own party but also from within their own friends here, loosely defined as friends, peers, colleagues here in the General Assembly. So a number of these issues are going to be very important. One most notably that's come up very recently is the abortion issue. In the post-Dobbs era, we are now trying to define where Virginia is going to be when it comes to questions of abortion and the, and the regulation thereof. It appears to me that there are three entities in the world of abortion. There's pro-life, pro-regulation, and pro-choice. I think Virginia is going to end up being in between pro-regulation, defining a week uh, of, of abortion and other restrictions around abortion, and pro-choice. Pro-life has been uh, moving away in Virginia towards a pro-regulation front with the governor, with Governor Youngkin coming up with his uh, suggestion that uh, abortion restrictions should begin at 15 weeks. We'll see how that plays out between the House and the Senate, and you'll be able to judge just by the speeches today on the floor of, uh, this is Monday, for both the House and the Senate, how both parties are going to be reacting to the abortion question in a post-Dobbs era. Uh, Republicans understand that it was a very uh, powerful force in the midterms. Uh, why the Republicans didn't, one of the reasons why the Republicans didn't do as well as they had hoped was the turnout Democrats were able to drive out on the life issue, on abortion issues. Uh, similarly, in the most recent uh, special election in Virginia Beach, Kevin Adams, the Republican, lost to Aaron Rouse, and I say lost this seat because it was a Republican seat before um, this, this special election that, that put Jen, because of Jen Kagan's going to Congress. As a result, 
it was a quasi-Republican district, I mean, just because it was won by Republicans. But Aaron Rouse won. One of the main reasons he won this, this race is because he ran on the abortion question and challenging Republicans and bringing out the Democratic base on the, on the pro-choice side. So Virginia is going to end up in the pro-regulation camp. Where the lines are drawn is probably the real debate going forward, in my humble estimation. Um, other issues in, as far as the Republicans on the abortion side is if it's not going to be uh, a very uh, prominent issue for them, if they're not going to be winning on this issue, you're going to see them pivot to other social, socially conservative causes or issues that can keep their base um, focused on the elections, especially in primaries. Now, you saw in Iowa, Kim Reynolds, the, the Republican governor, run on her education savings account issue, ESAs, for school choice. And because some Republicans in her state didn't support her, she ran opposing them and, and won victory. She defeated incumbent Republicans in the legislature because she focused on that issue. She saw it as a vibrant issue, and she won with it. So we'll see if that comes into Virginia Republican Party politics as well. Another issue that's been uh, on the forefront of the, of the papers these days is campaign finance reform. Chat Peterson's led a fight on it. Vivian Watts in the House, Senator Chat Peterson, Delegate Vivian Watts, they're leading an effort to, to uh, reform campaign finance. Virginia is basically the wild, wild west of campaign finance. As long as it's not cash, and as long as it's reported and not raised during session, you can, you can use it in Virginia politics. No, no cash, full disclosure. Um, I don't see those measures going forward. I do think there's an opportunity to make adjustments to campaign finance if you're able to increase the reporting so it becomes more transparent in real time. It doesn't do you much good if you raise a lot of money or a certain amount of money and expend it when it's after the election or not in real time. I think if you go to more real-time reporting, you'll make some significant headway there um, going forward. Lastly, going into these 23 elections, I think you have to look at two very important factors uh, for both parties. One is whether or not the United States is going to have a recession and how much of the political conversation this year is going to be dominated by Donald Trump for the Republicans. Now, I am a little bit more optimistic on the economy with gas prices coming down, with uh, mortgage prices coming down a little bit, mortgage rates coming down a little bit. I think you're starting to see a little bit of, of uh, strengthening in the economy, even though we've had a lot of number, uh, a lot of number, that's a great English, Chris. <laughs> we've had a lot of layoffs in the tech sector that's not showing any movement in the unemployment numbers, which means those people are being reabsorbed in other areas of the economy, which is a good thing. It shows signs of strength for our economy. However, politically speaking, if the economy is doing well, or not as bad as everyone had hoped it would be, or not hoped it would be, thought it would be, hoped if you're a Republican, you know, wanted to uh, take advantage of a downturn in the economy and go after Joe Biden, um, that's just political reality from the political consulting side. If Republicans are, are, are not able to use the economy against Joe Biden, probably a better way of putting it, they're going to have to turn to something else to get their base out in these midterm elections here in Virginia. Um, Democrats won't have a difficult time getting people to turn out if Donald Trump is at the top of the conversation. And that will be a very difficult part of Republicans retaining the House and winning back the Senate if Donald Trump is the, is the dominant conversation piece in August and September. September 22nd, I think, is when early voting starts. So you have these major dynamics overlaying the 23 elections. Brand new districts, incumbents running against each other, pot potential recession, 
or not, and then whether or not and how, how dominant Donald Trump is in the conversation. So it's another exciting year in Virginia politics. It's election nerd Disneyland. Please tune into this podcast. Share, like, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. This podcast, as we interview the candidates, the incumbents, the staffers, whomever wants to come in and talk Virginia politics, we're more than happy to have the conversation. I hope you'll be a part of it. Leave comments in the, uh, in the comment uh, section there, and we'll try to get your answers uh, to you, answers to you as, as quickly as possible. I'm Chris Saxman with Virginia Free. Thank you to VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia, for this podcast. This is the VIP Podcast.